Well, it's great to see you here this morning. And uh, are you excited? No, okay. Okay. Well, I hope to excite you this morning about God's Word. Did you know that um, the the, uh, the Bible, uh, the Word of God, um, is the most read book in the world? Did you know that? Uh, the, the word that the Bible is the most translated book. It's been translated into more languages than any other book. And uh, for the next 40 days, uh, we're going to be spending 40 days in the Word. Now, those of you who have been around in church for a few years, you'll know that we've done one or two uh, 40 days uh, series. So you'll be uh, familiar with uh, with the format of how we do it. But some of you might not. So I'll remind you, the six, the six messages to listen to. Um, on uh, on a Sunday morning. There's uh, six small group Bible studies to attend. And can I encourage you, if you're not part of a Bible study group, uh, this is a great opportunity. Uh, We're only asking you to commit for six weeks, okay? Six weeks to join a Bible study. If you're not part of a Bible study, uh, there's Bible studies meeting on different nights. On Tuesday nights, uh, there's a Bible study meets at Catherine's house. Is that right? Yeah? Yeah? On uh, and, And also at... At Michael Sharps, okay, Tuesday night. On a Wednesday night, uh, Nick and Jane's house, okay. So these are, the, and uh, on a Thursday night, there's a Bible study at our house. On Friday night, there's a Bible study at at the Rimmers, okay. And are you doing one? Yeah. Yeah, and there's Tuesday night. There's also one. Um, Gary. So if you want to be part of a Bible study group, come to the 40 words display uh, and have a word with me and I'll uh, encourage you or advise you which group to join. Uh, but do join a group. If, if you're not in a group, just for six weeks. You don't have to stay in the group. Uh, if you go to a group and you don't like it, you can try another group. You don't have to stay with that group. It's, no one will be offended. Nobody gets offended in this church. Isn't it great? We notice that? Nobody gets offended. <laughs> Slightly tongue-in-cheek. You know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, six more groups. And the good news is we, we did a 40-day study last last year. Can you believe it? I, one or two people did get offended. Do you know why? Because this guy wasn't around. Rick Warren wasn't leading the 40 days. Well, he's back. You'll be pleased to know. On the DVDs, uh, teaching the 40 days. And the, the, the shirts seem to be, from what I've seen, uh, a little bit reserved. So there we go. But not tucked in, you'll be pleased to know. Okay, so six more group Bible studies to attend. Uh, memory verses to learn. I know one of the parts of the key rings have almost gone. Uh, but we've got more uh, key rings uh, to help us uh, remember the, uh, the the memory verses. We can get more. Uh, the books, I'm, I, I'm going to, I've not asked the deacons about this, but I'm going to say you can have them for seven ninety nine this morning. Okay? You can have them for seven ninety nine this morning. Special offer, the books, okay? The key rings, I'm suggesting a donation of a pound, okay? to cover the cost of dues, and you get a memory verse each week for the six weeks to help us to learn it okay uh, 40 daily readings to read I picked them up from the warehouse this morning like you say uh, last week went all the way to, to Ramsbottom uh, and not, don't really know Ramsbottom I was driving around looking for the TNT uh, warehouse found it it was right next to the station clue was it was on Station Road that was should have been a clue really shouldn't it but there you go uh, so I picked them up from the uh, from the TNT warehouse and uh, this is the workbook. Uh, 
There you go, special bargain price, seven ninety nine to you, good people. And uh, this is a bit different because before we've had a book to read. This is a, a workbook uh, that will encourage you to do uh, the the forty daily readings, uh, which are in the Bible. We're, we're working through the book of Philippians this week. Uh, four chapters to read in a week, and uh, the instructions are, are in this book. But basically, uh, if you don't buy the book, although I encourage you to, and again we can get more if we run out, um, if you don't buy the book, we're just reading through the book of Philippians. You've all got a Bible. Uh, Philippians, four chapters in seven days. That's not very difficult, is it, to do? And uh, so uh, if you've got a book, and uh, I remember verse... Uh, and, and again, an added bonus this, this week. Uh, if you're not excited now, you will be excited. For those of you that are a bit computer savvy, and uh, maybe you, you know you don't like picking up books, uh, 40 online devotional DVDs to watch. Ooh, do I hear a bit of a? Ooh, mm, yeah. So if you're on the computer, you can you can log on to 40daysintheword.com. And uh, the password is actually, if you've got these, because uh, we're back with the, blessed with these Bible study notes, you know. I printed them out wrong, I had to print them again. Come to a lot of trouble. But it's got the password on for the 40 days in the Word, devotional. You can look at that every day. If you're busy people and you've not got time to do the reading, at least you can do the 40 devotional studies online. Any problems with that, have a word with me or somebody that's computer savvy and they'll tell you how to do it. So there we are, this is 40 days in the word. Are you excited now? Yes, I can can feel the excitement in the room rising uh, as as we learn about this. And so this is day one. This is only day one. We've got another 40 days of this, if you can stand it. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps by the end of the 40 days, you'll be as excited as as, as I am. Uh, But it's worth getting excited about God's word. You know, we take it for granted, don't we? Uh, There's still people in this world uh, that don't have a copy of the Bible. And when when they get a copy, it's so valued because it's not readily available. We live in a in, in, in a country where it's not only readily available, we have all these helps and, and loads of stuff that we can do to encourage us in the Word. So I do want to encourage you to spend 40 days in the Word. And here's the first, uh, here's the first uh, memory verse to learn. It's actually only part of a verse. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, you could learn the whole of that verse uh, 16 in Colossians 3 if you wanted to, to be a bit more daring. But uh, but there's, there's there's the first memory verse. So we're going to uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the the Word of God, and we're going to be thinking about the Word of God. And some of the Sunday sermons are going to help us to understand a little bit more about God's Word. One of the things I find about uh, Christians is is lots of Christians saying to me, uh, one of the things that puts people off joining Bible studies groups. Listen to this. This might be you. One of the things that puts people off joining Bible study groups is they don't think they know enough about God's Word. Seems a daft reason to, to not join a Bible study group because they'll help you to learn more about God's Word. But they think everybody in the Bible study groups is going to be an expert on God's Word and they're going to look silly. Uh, well, that's not the case because uh, uh, lots of us, you know, I, I'm, I've been a pastor for 20 years and I'm still learning things about God's Word that I didn't know. Uh, it's, it's a big book, the Bible, and uh, there's no experts in, in, on, on the Bible. We're all on that journey of learning about the Bible. So if you go to a, a small group, you're not going to look silly uh, because there'll be other people in the group who look just as silly as you. I can guarantee that. Uh, we can all be silly together. So this morning we're thinking... Is the Bible reliable? Is the Bible reliable? Is the Bible reliable? Can we trust the Bible? You know, in this day and age, 
where, you know, there's so many people that, that knock the word of God. Can we actually trust what the Bible says? Well, hopefully during these 40 days in the word, we're going we're gonna to learn to love the word, uh, to learn the word and live the word, but we're going to have confidence in God's word. We're not going to be put off when people say, oh, you can't believe this, you can't believe that, because we're going to know, we're going to have the knowledge, because we're going to be allow the Bible to speak to us. So, we're going to say, can we trust the Bible? We're going to say, yes, we can, okay? So when I ask the question, can we trust the Bible? I'd like you to say, yes. Okay. Can we trust the Bible? Great, okay. But we don't just want you to say it, we want you to be able to, to believe it and, and be confident to be able to tell people uh, why it is that you uh, you trust the Bible. And so, this is what Paul says in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And uh, that's what we want to do during these four days. We want to equip you in God's word. We want to make you feel confident so that you feel you are a bit of an expert in God's word and you know what you're talking about. And uh, you can answer difficult questions. You don't have to send them to the pastor or deacons. You'll be able to answer them yourself. So, can we trust the Bible? We can trust the Bible because, first of all, it's historically accurate. The Bible is historically accurate. Accurate. One of the things when people are suggesting that, that, that you can't believe in the Bible is the, is the question, the, the historostasy. That's a big word. Don't ask me to spell it. Uh, they, they question, I'm not going to say it again. They question the history of the Bible. That's what they do. And uh, the history is, is accurate. The word of the Lord is right and true. And, uh, you know, usually I say to you, don't believe everything that you read. But this is the exception. Uh, we can believe the word of God because it is true. Now, having said it's historically, hist- historically accurate, I've got it right, historically accurate, um, we do need to know about the Bible when we're talking about it. It isn't all, it isn't a book of history. Uh, the Bible just means a, a collection of books. You'll have noticed that there are other Bibles. You know, you can buy a Bible on cookery. You can buy a Bible on all sorts of things, on car maintenance. You can buy a Bible on heating engineering. I'm sure Peter's got one. You can buy all sorts of Bibles. It's a collection of books. That's what it means. And there are 66 books in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament. So it's, it's a lot of books, isn't it? And um, I'm actually going to disagree with, uh, with what Rick Warren says. I'm working from Rick Warren's sermon uh, but I'm going to disagree with him because, because, because he seems to think every single part of the Bible is history. And I'm not sure that it is actually. Because if you look at the Bible, uh, there's, there's books of poetry, uh, there's prophetic books. Um, you know, if, if you think of, if, I'll give you an example. You know Luke's Gospel? Luke, Luke starts off by saying that he's writing a, a historical account. He's writing to a friend of his. And he's saying, I'm writing what I've, what I, what I've seen. And, and so that you can believe. Uh, but in the book of Luke, we've also got Jesus' parables. Which are stories that Jesus made up. There wasn't a good Samaritan. Uh, you know, there wasn't a, a, a rich man and, and, and Lazarus. These are stories that Jesus made up to explain a truth about God. So when I say the, 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 the Bible is historical accurate, it is in the history that it talks about. There are historical books and the Gospels are history. There's, there's more evidence that Jesus existed and lived and walked this earth and died and rose again than there is for somebody like Julius Caesar. 
there is more evidence. Uh, any, if you, if you speak to anybody that studies history, they won't question whether Jesus lived and died and, and rose again. They will accept it because there's good evidence, there's good historical evidence for the fact that Jesus lived and died and rose again. Uh, one of the things that historians look for is eyewitnesses' accounts. And a lot of the Bible is, is people who were there writing and telling about what they saw. Uh, they don't always agree. If you look at the Gospels, there, there is some disagreement. It doesn't, doesn't all fit together nice and neatly. The, the, you know, the, even, even Jesus, you know, crucifixion and death, different Gospel writers, uh, write it slightly different. But you would expect that, wouldn't you? If, if, if you went away and, and talked about today's service, some of you would go away saying, oh, it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, especially like that song, you know, we were shaped for serving God. I, I was singing and dancing and, and shaking. Others of you might go away saying, oh, it was terrible. We sang this all Awful song. Oh dear me. The person next to me kept bumping into me. You know, different experiences because you were there, you, you would tell your story differently. So it is historically accurate. We can trust the Bible. Uh, historians that, that research uh, recognize the Bible as a trustworthy document. They don't question it. When you hear, you know, atheists talking about the Bible and, and, and telling you with, with real kind of authority, um, you know, that, that we shouldn't believe it. They've, they've not got any, any any kind of academic backing to that. They're just saying what they think and what they believe, but they say it in, a way, in such a way that they, they suggest that everybody else is with them, when actually they're not. And so, you know, we can trust the Bible, have a little bit of confidence in it. It's historically accurate. Okay? It's also scientifically accurate. Now, I'm not a scientist. I didn't do very well at science at, science at school. Uh, there's, there's people here who, uh, who've got degrees in, in science, so you know, know a lot more about science than me. But uh, the science in the Bible is good. The science in, in the Bible is okay. It's good. Uh, it, it is also accurate in, in, in what it says. Uh, we, can, we, we can trust it. Um, it's not only historically accurate, it's scientifically accurate. Again, Psalmist says, The word of the Lord are flawless, like silver refined in a furnace of clay and purified seven times. Now sometimes people think, you know, there's this battle going on between religion and science and they get the idea, you know, that science is totally opposed to religion and, and disagrees on every single point. Uh, you've heard of the Big Bang Theory, Yeah. Heard of the Big Bang Theory? Latest thing, don't know if you saw it on the news, you know, they, they, they've got this fantastic telescope. I don't understand how it works. Someone will explain it to me after the service. Uh, you know, and they can seem to be able to be saying that they can look back in history because they're going to tell us how the world began. I don't, I don't really understand that. Uh, but they say, you know, with such authority, you know, there's a guy in a white coat stood there saying it, and everyone says, oh, he, he must know he's wearing a white coat, he must be, you know, it's like when you go to hospital, isn't it? If somebody comes in a white coat, you think, they must know what they're talking about, uh, because they're wearing a white coat. I'm going to start wearing a white coat on a Sunday morning, see if it makes any difference. There's this latest thing, did you see some news? latest thing is, is are we part of a universe or a multiverse? There might be other universes, they reckon now. We're just one universe. Incredible! Uh, the Bible doesn't disagree with any of this. When we talk about the Big Bang Theory, you know, you look, you look in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, you know, the Spirit of God hovered over the earth and there was, and, 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 and God made something out of the chaos that was there. Bang! Uh, it doesn't differ. Even look at the order of creation. You know, you'll notice those of you that, that have heard about this thing called evolution of the species. 
Uh, you know, you'll notice in the Bible that there's a very similar order to the evolution order that you get the fish and then the animals and then the humankind. Now, I'm not suggesting for one minute that we came from a monkey. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, there's a missing link that they keep looking for and they can't find and they never will find it because we know that God created, but the order is pretty much similar. So the Bible doesn't actually disagree with science. Do you know uh, hundreds or thousands of years ago, everybody thought the world was flat. Did you know that? Uh, if you suggested it was anything else, you'd get in serious trouble. Uh, in the Bible, it talks about a spear. In, in, in Isaiah, talks about a spear. Well, what's a spear? Sorry, a sphere, which is a circle. Uh, you know, there's lots of things in the Bible that are scientifically uh, agreed. You know, so we're not against science. We don't need to battle against science. We don't need to be worried when people, you know, come along in the white coats and tell us that, uh, you know, that we came from monkeys and that we don't need to believe in God. Because we can argue sensibly uh, about the Bible. We can trust it. It's scientifically accurate. Could say a lot more about that, but uh, but time is of an essence for some of you this morning. I do realise. Okay. We know that we can trust the Bible because it's also prophetically accurate. It's prophetically accurate. But this is this all happened to fulfill the words of prophets as recorded in the scripture. Do you know there are hundreds of Old Testament prophecies about Jesus? About where Jesus was going to be born, about the exact place. Uh, there's prophecies about Jesus' death. There's all sorts of prophecies. Matthew's very keen. If you read Matthew's gospel, he's forever saying, uh, you know, quoting the prophets concerning Jesus. Now, you couldn't arrange that. You, that, 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 you couldn't fool somebody. You, you couldn't, you can't go back in time and, and rewrite things. You know, Jesus was born in a particular place at a particular time and it had been prophesied. It's there in the Bible. You can look it up. You can read it. You can show people. It's amazing. Um, so you should be confident about it. It's prophetically, uh, accurate. You know, very often we get the idea that prophecy is all about gloom and doom and about the end of the world. And there are such prophecies as well. But lots of the prophecies are very positive and uh, about Jesus. So next time somebody's questioning it, say, well, you know, Jesus was prophesied that the Messiah would come. Uh, it's there in scripture. Uh, we can trust it. So it's prophetically accurate. It's also thematically unified. Now that's a big word, but it just means they, they, they all agree. It's, it's amazing because I, I mentioned there's 66 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Lots of different authors writing at lots of different times. Over, I think, a, a period of over a thousand years or more. And yet there's this theme going from the beginning of the Bible right through to the end. That all fits together. That all points to Jesus. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, this is what Jesus said uh, after his resurrection when he, he met those two disciples. And Lord, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And when Jesus and Paul and everyone else are talking about the scriptures, what are they talking about? I was waiting for somebody to shout out then. You join in. When, when Jesus and Paul are talking about the scriptures, what are they talking about? The Old Testament. Because they didn't have the New Testament. The amazing thing is Paul was writing and the Gospel writers didn't even know they were writing the uh, the New Testament. They only had the Old Testament. So Jesus, when he talks about scriptures concerning himself, he's talking about the Old Testament. 
He's talking about the Old Testament pointing to him. You search the scriptures because you believe they give you eternal life. But the scriptures uh, point to me. The Old Testament points to Jesus. Whenever you're doing an Old Testament study, I was told at college, you've got to try and find Jesus in the Old Testament. That's one of the goals of Old Testament study, to find Jesus. And more often than not, you'll find that Scripture, Old Testament, points to Jesus. So, it's confirmed by Jesus. The Bible, it's confirmed by Jesus. So it's thematically unified. So I should have been saying, if, you, if you've got the fill-ins, uh, if you're trying to fill them in, that was, uh, that was number four, thematically themed. Those of you who wanted to get off uh, early, when you saw those seven points, might have been worried, but we're, uh, we're going through them quite fast. Okay? So it's confirmed by Jesus. Number, Jesus said, I tell the truth until hell and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of pen will disappear from law until everything is accomplished. It's confirmed by Jesus. Okay? Number six, it has survived all attacks. Uh, it's not a new thing to do to the attack the Bible, to attack the word of God, to question it. That's not a new thing. The Bible has survived all sorts of attacks. Uh, you know, in, in Russia and places like China, when the communism was at its peak, they tried to ban the word of God. They tried to ban it. They were not successful. They didn't succeed. And of course, we've seen communism fall away, but the Bible is still there. And uh, some of the fastest growing churches now are in uh, former communist countries. The church is growing at a phenomenal rate. You know, we look at the church in this country, and it seems to be all doom and gloom, and people, wherever we're reading about people leaving the churches, the church is growing at a phenomenal rate in places like Africa and China and different places. The church is actually growing faster than it's ever grown before in, in the history of the church. And uh, it survived all these attacks. People will attack the Bible, um, but the Word of God has survived. Um, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away says Jesus, my words will never pass away. And it's true, they haven't. It's survived. The Bible has survived. Lots of people have tried to ban it uh, and have not been successful. And of course, Satan is always attacking the Bible. Always saying, you can't believe that. You can't trust that. Always putting doubts in our minds about uh, God's word. So it's survived attacks. And then seventhly, we can trust the Bible because it has transforming power. The Bible has the power to transform people's lives. Did you know that? That people have read scripture in prisons and uh, in all sorts of terrible places. And something has happened in their lives and they have been transformed. They have been changed just by reading God's word. My testimony is that I became a Christian whilst reading God's word. I was reading Luke uh, chapter 24, the two people on the road to Emmaus, we've already had a quote from it, when suddenly the penny dropped in my mind and I believed. But it was as I was reading scripture, as I was reading that scripture, when the two disciples didn't recognize Jesus and suddenly they recognized him and I suddenly thought, that's me. I, I've been walking, I've been going to church, I've, I've been having Christians praying for me and talking to me and I've not believed and suddenly uh, I could see Jesus because I was reading the scripture. My life was transformed and it's never been the same since. So the Bible has the power to transform people's lives. 
So we want to encourage, that's why we want to encourage people to, to, to spend these 40 days in the Word because we know it can make a difference in people's lives. We know that it can actually transform people's lives and change people's lives. And, uh, you know, if you're really brave, why not invite a non-Christian to your small group uh, and say we're just spending 40 days in the Word looking at it and, uh, and get them to come along. And, uh, and, and, and allow them just to, to experience God's word because it can change people's lives. That's the history of the Bible. It's changed people's lives. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. Indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And the Bible has set so many people free. And it continues to set people free. Um, we can trust the Bible because it has transforming power. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you read the Bible, the word of God, it transforms us, it changes us. We read in, in, that, in that passage in Colossians about being kind and compassionate and, and generous. And it, it, it should make you a nicer person. If nothing else, uh, reading the Bible should make you a nicer, generous, kinder person. But so much more, so much more. So the big question is, the big question is this. What will be the authority for my life? What will be the authority for your life? What are you going to live your life by? Where are you, where, where are you going to find things that you're going to live your life by? The suggestion that we're making during these 40 days is to live by the word. To get to love the word of God. To, uh, to learn the word of God. And to, and to live it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And one of the things in this word book you'll find is that, is that there's different methods of reading the Bible that you will find in this word book. It will encourage you to spend some time just meditating on God's word. And so that's why I'd encourage you to get a copy of this book. And like I say, if we need to get some more, that's fine. If you haven't got the money with you today, well, you can take it on trust and uh, bring it, you know, or pay £2 a week during the, the six weeks. Or no, Don't pay £2 a week during six weeks. You're paying £12 for the book, but you know what I mean. Uh, you, you can put a couple of quid in each week until you've paid for it. That's fine. Um, so let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Love the word, learn the word, live the word. That's what we're going to be doing during these 40 days. Are you with me? Yes. Can we trust what the Bible says? Are we going to love the Bible? Are we going to learn the word? Are you going to commit yourself to, to learning these six scriptures? Uh, are you going to go online and, and, and try and find the devotionals? And, uh, and, 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 and go to the small groups. Like I say, have a word with me at the stand afterwards if you want to join a small group, you're not a small group. 